I'm Jen Dean, and this is The Gardenia Project. When the pandemic hit, I realized that we were globally experiencing something together, the exact same thing at the exact same time. But individually, our stories vary wildly. I was curious what people were binge watching or binge eating. Were they doing things that they enjoyed? Were there good things about this? Or was it all bad? For many people, there have been silver linings. And for other people, there just hasn't. My own personal story, the first few weeks were absolutely brutal. My photography immediately dried up, so I had no clients and no work, and I didn't know when that would start again. And then I tried to navigate unemployment and a PPP loan, which is like a full-time job and makes no sense and super confusing and frustrating and anchoring. And I am in a group of photographers that are all experiencing the same thing. It's really, really hard. I also didn't feel particularly creative or inspired or motivated. And homeschooling is really hard. It's not the way that my daughter learns best. And I've talked to lots of other parents who are experiencing the same thing. And then a few weeks in, all of a sudden, things started to shift. Over time, what I've realized is what a gift this has been for me and how much I actually love it. There's still down days. Today's been one of them. Just hasn't been a great day. But I have become an avid birder. I have used my giant camera lens and gone to the Audubon and anywhere else that I can find where there's birds. And I sit for hours at a time and walk around for hours at a time and spend as much time outside as I can. I have bird lists in my phone and I ordered a book and I have an app. Charlie and I have been drawing birds together with YouTube videos. We've been doing puzzles constantly. We have watched a lot of 80s movies and made all kinds of really fun food. And what I realized is my time with her is so precious and I get more of it. And I love that. This podcast will be a little bit different than the usual ones. We've done this one other time before, but there will be multiple stories and multiple voices. So it's Monday in Corona land, which means it's time to go from sitting in front of a TV to sitting in front of a computer. And one of the home workstations has been set up on the dining room table. Unfortunately, it is raining rather fiercely and the roof has decided to spring a leak. Clearly, that is an unacceptable work environment. So to remedy that situation involved crawling into an area of dense insulation in the attic to find the leak, and now I'm all itchy. We're watching all the reruns of Little House and Brady Bunch. I've watched me Real Housewives, so, so far I've gone all the way through New Jersey. My older kids are in college and watching shows with big families like The Little House and, and uh, Brady Bunch offer him comfort, like there's other kids in the house. I love watching RuPaul's Drag Races. I have watched Tiger King, which I don't know why it's so popular. You know, the New York Housewives. I started watching Ozark. And I'm watching the Beverly Hills Housewives. I have finished 
watching all three seasons of Ozark in maybe a matter of a few days. So that's been a real treat. Now I'm worried about Marty and Wendy and Ruth. Wendy, not so much. Me and my roommate watched a bunch of America's Next Top Model, like old episodes from like the early 2000s. And I watched that show as a kid, so I never realized how problematic it was. Oh my God. But weirdly so entertaining, like a train wreck you can't take your eyes off of. And now I have to figure out what, what I'm gonna watch tonight. So there's that. My name is Sandra Ayala, and I live in the Bronx, New York. I am a registered nurse, and so I am working from home. I am a case manager doing case management for COVID-positive patients who have come out of the hospital, who've made it. And so from Monday through Friday, um, I deal with the stories. And so I think that makes it a little bit harder on me. I am Hispanic, and so the majority of my members are Black and Hispanic, and I've dealt firsthand with the reality of what this pandemic is doing on our people, what they're going through, how they're feeling, what their experience was, the trauma that they lived, and the trauma that they continue to live once they go home um, with their family members or alone. So for me, I have to deal with my own feelings of isolation and, and, and just sometimes despair in a sense. Not always, but just these little glimpses of just when, you know, will we be able to, um, as a people, get through this. It's been important for me to practice a lot of self-love. And some days that means nourishing my body. I eat healthy food. I drink lots of water. I go out in the sunshine. I move. And other days, it means accepting exactly where I'm at. It means eating that bag of chocolates. It means going to the refrigerator over and over again while I sit on the couch and soak it in. also wondering how many Oreos I could possibly eat before I start to feel sick. Far too many snacks. I've been eating Cheetos and Reese's and... Love marshmallows. <laughs> and lifesaver. This isn't just like the regular old Oreo I'm talking about, but the dark chocolate ones. So if you haven't tried those, you probably should. Drinking a lot of wine. Like we love Takis. Um, we love sweethearts, but both of those things burn your mouth after a, a certain amount. And um, for some reason, I can't stop doing that. We have been curious for a really long time about homeschooling my daughter, who's 10. And I don't think we ever would have made the decision to do that, to pull her from school and become a homeschooling family. But given the opportunity to try a version of homeschooling because of the virus, 
it's actually given us a taste of this life in which we really honor our own rhythms. And really right away, my daughter started asking about the possibility of homeschooling, you know, for real in the future with some activities outside of the house mixed in and the ability to play with friends. So we had a chat the other day and made the decision officially to pull her from school next year and explore and experiment with homeschooling. And that's been a really exciting thing. It feels like a real opportunity to cultivate a new kind of life together as a family. And that feels really, really exciting. I don't see my kids very often, as often as I'd like as it is. So being a co-parent during this pandemic was pretty difficult. My daughter, who's 13 and scared about what's happening in the world, didn't even really want to leave the house. And so I, had, I was sensitive to that, let them stay at their, at their mom's more often, which was more of a comfort place for both of my kids. And we were able to work through it. And, you know, I, at the same time, after it started going on, I realized that I can't do that all the time. Um, and that, you know, I had to reiterate to my daughter that it was safe traveling between the two houses and, and being with me and she didn't have to be scared. Meanwhile, we can't go anywhere and, and do anything really fun like we normally do. Um, so it has been a struggle, but, um, but we're getting through it. My son, who's been ill since late August, was already home from school. We've been dealing with Lyme and Bartonella, which is a co-infection of Lyme. So I was already doing the work at home and homeschooling since August. So that hasn't changed. But um, right now, I have a sense of belonging. There's collective grief. Everybody is scared for their lives and the lives of their children. And right now, everybody is home and feeling isolation and loneliness. And that's where I've been stuck for eight months. And I'm really scared to feel that aloneness again. The day and they say it's safe to go back into our world and eat out and gather again, or I go onto Facebook and everybody's like celebratory, relieved that it's over, quote unquote over. I'm scared I'm still going to be stuck at home feeling just as scared as I am now whenever everybody else is celebrating a month or two from now. We had been talking since I think the beginning of March because we both work in healthcare and so we we'd been having conversations like worst case scenario what does that look like? Where do we go? What do we do with Stella? Because Stella has cystic fibrosis. You know, she has this, this underlying respiratory disease that if she were to get coronavirus, we'd like to think that her youth would work in her favor if that were to be the case. But because she has this underlying like chronic disease, we really don't know what that looks like. And we were like, she's part of that vulnerable population. So 
you know, we had those conversations of like, what does our household look like if one of us is exposed at work? And that's where we started. And then we found out that over one weekend, um, Al wasn't working and he found out through Facebook that his unit got switched over and was going to be taking coronavirus patients on Monday. <laughs> and he was like, well, uh, looks like the plan has shifted and I'm going to need to stay somewhere else. Um, she's doing pretty good. She has recognized that dad is not here. And so she hasn't really had a, a big, like upsetting moment where he's not here. He's gone. And is he coming back? Nothing like that has happened because we do FaceTime throughout the day, even while he's at work. He also will call. And this is like the sweetest thing. Cause Al's so much better at bedtime than I am. So Al will call and do story time sometimes if he's not working. And so he'll stay on the phone with us and do story time. I will say that Al's probably having the hardest time out of all of us, I think. You know, he misses her so much and me, but like, she's just this little light beam, you know what I mean? I mean, for him to be isolated and, and not even like be able to hug her or like, you know, he stopped by to pick up you know, a couple things that he needed. And he tries to make it a point not to see her because he's like, I'm not concerned that she'll come running at me. But he's like, I'm worried about myself. Like, I can't handle seeing her and not being able to hug her. That's hard for me. And now a word from one of our new sponsors. Kate Bathurst Coaching helps mission-driven women reclaim their intuition and reconnect to themselves so that they can make a difference in the world and feel fully alive while doing so. She supports her clients to step boldly into the next phase of their life, work, and growth with clarity, confidence, and grace that come with making decisions from a place of deep connection. Now, while she wrote that for me to tell you, I will say that I have personally worked with Kate, and those words are so true. We've been working together for about a year and she has profoundly shifted the way I move in the world and in my business. It's really surprising to me to see the effect of working with her has had. She helped me quickly launch my new course for my business by helping me get through some really big blocks that I had and she helped me reach some goals exponentially faster than I have been able to do on my own. So if the next chapter of your life is calling and you want to bring in the most vibrant and purposeful self to it, but you're not sure where to start, please call Kate to begin the transformative process of increasing your impact and your joy. I'll have the link on the website and blog um, and the Podbean app, but you can find her at her name, Kate, K-A-T-E, Bathras, B-A-T-H-R-A-S, coaching.com. And now back to the podcast. My name is Rachel Lee Hill. Um, for the last 10 years, I've been self-employed as an actor. I think people in my industry who worked in theatre and entertainment probably felt uh, the issues with the pandemic slightly before everybody else. Um, there was advice before the lockdown not to go to theatres, not to go to the cinema, not to visit places where usually we work. We didn't really know what to do. And we're so used to being a value to people in our entertainment 
that I think a lot of us suffered with depression and a feeling of lack of purpose. I'm a violinist and I was playing a lot of Hamilton the Musical and that all came to a standstill. I am having gigs um, as far as the middle of August now that are being postponed or cancelled. There were certainly a few days for me where I didn't really know what I was supposed to do. You know, I was staying in bed, not getting up till maybe 11 in the morning. I've been trying to create violin projects for myself, but it's definitely not very motivating when the best thing about music is playing it with other people. My name is Kristina Kastanova. I'm a photographer and as soon as the quarantine started, I lost all my clients. Uh, being a photographer and a journalist, I get to meet a lot of people. So unfortunately, um, in my circle, three people lost their lives as complications of COVID-19. And I think this was the hardest uh, thing for me to be touched by it so close. I didn't know what to do. So I am very crafty and I love building things and creating art pieces. Um, so I thought I will try to sew some face masks for loved ones, for people in my circle. <laughs> and I've been doing it for about <laughs> 34 days now, every single day. And the demand was so big, <laughs> it expanded a little bit. So right now I am spending my whole time making masks. We've all adapted. And a lot of people are using this phrase, a new normal. I don't really like that, but I do understand what people are saying. We're kind of evolving and finding our way through. I have downloaded The Sims. One of my quarantine guilty pleasures has been playing this Harry Potter like Hogwarts mystery phone game. It is so much fun. The Sims is a computer game that first came out probably like 15 years ago where you create homes, you're able to, to build them and be the architect if you want, fill them with the furniture that you like, decorate them the way that you want, and then you basically get to play God um, with all of the families that you create. So I actually didn't read the Harry Potter books, I wasn't allowed to, but it's so much fun because you get to follow the story, but you also get to do side quests and you get to go into all these cool locations. You get to learn all these cool spells and like- It's um, creepy when you attempt to explain it. And I'm like, now I'm on like, I'm trying out for the Quidditch team. It's just like, it's so much fun. It is I so enjoy playing fun. it into the wee hours of the morning and let it ruin my next day. I'm in a full fantasy world. It is incredible. Not happy to admit this. Um, actually, quite disappointing in myself. But uh, I did start a TikTok account. Um, TikTok is an embarrassment to humankind. I think it's also seen as a social media app where you can create um, individual video content or take on, you know, somebody else's sound clip and do a dance video voiceover on top of it. Um, so that's been my main form of cardio through quarantine is learning these, um, you know, 15, 30 second TikTok dances and performing them uh, in front of my roommates. Stephanie here, the producer of The Gardenia Project. So I've been drinking a lot of wine 
eating a lot of junk food, playing a lot of video games, and I am not a video game person. I never have been. I lost my 9-to-5 job, so that's been kind of tough, and it's been hard not feeling like you have a purpose. I'm in my mid-20s, so this is a time where I'm supposed to be building my career, and all of a sudden it just got cut off so fast, and I'm trying to pick up the pieces. It's been tough. You know, I feel like a lot of my self-worth is based around creating and I haven't been doing that as much as I would have hoped to have been doing that um but where do you find the inspiration when you're inside when you're in your bedroom when you can't go to the outside world there is this grieving process of losing a lot of normalcy especially if you're a social person if you're extroverted when we lose that and we don't know when we're going to get it back I mean, they're, it's hard to kind of pull from that empty well. Like we, we don't really have anything left in us, you know, because where we drew from that inspiration really was connecting with other people's energy in the physical world. We're really not able to do that now. So, you know, taking a break from like being hard on yourself or, or even just recognizing when that stuff comes up and you're like, wow, I am useless. It's like, no, you're not. This is just a new way to shift into, you know, what, what can I do to feel productive in this new way now? So one of my passions outside of my work is aerial acrobatics. Um, so acrobatics in the air. And I used to go to a circus center to train and to take classes, but that closed, of course. And so I wanted a way to continue to practice. So I bought a child-sized jungle gym because I'm a pretty small person. So now I can practice my aerial stuff and train a little bit, not the same, but it, it helps. I do feel silly being a grown-ass adult with a jungle gym, but I mean, you gotta do what you gotta do. And the downstairs neighbor kids love it. really for weeks and months prior to this happening, had been wishing, not so secretly, for my schedule to just be cleared. I was craving a pause and I really was feeling a desire to shed a lot of the um, even really lovely social engagements that were on my calendar. And so it was very surreal when all of a sudden that happened. It was, of course, in the midst of something that was a crisis and brought with it loss and grief and confusion and uncertainty. But there was also part of me that felt like it, this was a little bit magic. Like, whoa, I just got exactly what I've been asking for. I was basically juggling two careers outside of my home. That meant I was never home. And now I'm home all the time and I get to cook meals for myself. Other positive changes, family Zoom meetings at least once a week. We've never been in touch like a family like that before. It's really nice to have check-ins. And yeah, I would say I'm reaching out to people who are important to me that I normally see on a you know, gig basis or a class basis and saying, hey, I really want to connect and hear about how you're doing. I was antsy. I was chomping at the bit. I was unhappy with 
everything, really. I was unhappy with my partner. I was unhappy with how busy I was. I was unhappy with my businesses. And the day that the first couple of cases were announced in Maine, I was on my way to a retreat. I had this glorious weekend where we were sort of insulated from what was happening. And as I drove home that Sunday and I realized that while we had been locked away, the whole world had changed. I stopped at Target and there was no toilet paper and there was no frozen food and it just was so bizarre. And the first thing I thought, honestly, was like, this is probably the last time I'm going to go to Target for a while. And then I immediately felt like a release of all of the stress, like all of the things, like all of the doing and all of the being that I, for whatever reason, prior to that moment felt like I needed to do. I'll say that I was actually looking forward to being stuck at home. And I find that I don't miss all of the erroneous coffee dates and lunch dates and things that I was feeling like I needed to do. I also have found that I am more appreciative of my home and I'm more appreciative of my family and I'm more appreciative of my partner. And none of those things that I was antsy about still exist. And it's really, really beautiful. I can hear some birds singing in the trees outside and I wouldn't usually be able to hear that because I live less than a mile from the town centre here, from the city centre. And usually you can hear um, the traffic and the trains and there really isn't any of that at the moment, which is quite nice. I've been growing my garden, which is incredibly wonderful and fulfilling and things are starting to sprout. I wanted to share a moment that happened for me this week down on my beach. I was sitting there in meditation and I began to hear singing down the beach. Just a single voice in a beautiful tone. And the voice got closer and closer until I saw this woman standing there with her arms up singing to the ocean. And the song is very short. It only has four words. Now is the time. Now is my time. Over and over until she stopped and bowed to the ocean. And when she did that, I thanked her for singing the song. And she said, yes, I used to sing with my daughter, but I miss her very much. So I'm glad you enjoyed the song. And now I have the song to share with my daughter because I miss her too. Now is the time. Now is my time. Now is the time. Yeah, I'm just about to head out and weed in my garden. Spent a couple hours just doing that. Now is the time. Now is my time. Now is my time. Now is the time.
You just heard the voices of Rachel Noyes, Sandra Ayala, Kelly Flagg, Karen St. Clair, Kara Moody, Sarah Ferrugia, Sam Raspoli, Kate Bathras, Rachel E. Hill, Ashley Story, Katie Inglaze, and Stephanie Cohn. A huge thank you to each of you who took the time to share your story. We have some more episodes about COVID coming up, just some short stories, and we're excited to share them with you soon. If you'd like to see some portraits from the participants in the podcast, you can head over to the website. They'll be on the blog post. If you'd like to support the podcast, that would be really wonderful. (laughs) During this time, especially. You can head over to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and search The Gardenia Project. You can also find photography of many of the people who shared their stories over on my website, www.jendinephotography.com. Take care, everybody.